time to run it off. I wake up. Let's talk about a game-changing platform for owners, managers, and employees. You want to create a motivating work environment that simplifies operations and saves you money? Meet Cues. Cues is a powerful mobile app that revolutionizes how businesses engage with their employees. Unlock a new level of engagement and efficiency, all from your smartphone. Employees get instant access to funds, company-wide transparency, and voice empowerment. It's what they truly care about, and Cues delivers. But here's the best part. It benefits managers, too. Real-time feedback, message tracking, and safe communication ensures accountability and enhanced risk mitigation. As an owner, you can run your entire payroll through Cues for cash back by the end of the year, saving you money and streamlining finances. The cool thing is Cues is able to help you consolidate multiple apps into one powerful platform. If you're an owner seeking employee satisfaction, productivity, and reduced turnover, Cues is your solution. Visit getcues.com. That's G-E-T-Q-U-E-S.com to learn more and schedule a demo. Elevate your employees' engagement with Cues. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Profit Rocket Podcast. This is episode number 25. I'm your host, Victor Rancor. Uh, today, I got a guest that's someone that I look up to in the industry, someone that's crushing it, someone that's built a big, big name for herself in a short period of time. Uh, she went from being a sales rep out here in Southern California to now working for one of the top sales training organizations in the industry, uh, Service MVP. Uh, welcome my guest today, Shreya. Shreya, welcome to the episode, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. No, I'm, ex- I'm excited to have you here. And we, we've had some conversations offline and, and some things that we were talking about. And, and obviously, you coming from the coaching side, sales training side, and me, obviously, my background is sales and sales training. And, and I think it'd be a good episode. And we're going to talk a little bit about, obviously, about a little bit about you. But, you know, just like my, most of my podcasts, our goal isn't just tell stories here. Our stuff is, our goal is to actually give you stuff you guys can implement today in your business or things that are going to help you change your mindset to help you crush it um, in sales or whatever you're trying to do in life. So, uh, Shreya, first off, let's introduce yourself to the audience if they don't know you, a little bit about your background, and then we'll jump into the nitty-gritty stuff, talking about sales and, and little things that we can these, these people that are listening can do to help up their, up their sales, up their business, or up their life. Awesome. So my name is Shreya, obviously, and uh, I've been in sales since I was 18 years old. And uh, I was in the car business, and then I was in HVAC sales here. Uh, Palmdale, Lancaster area, Mojave Desert, um, so some pretty hot attics over there. And uh, now I work with uh, Joe Crisera, and uh, he was a mentor to me when I was in the field and got me really, really obsessed in deep diving into psychology and different sales processes that I've seen success from that I also taught to my technicians and they saw a lot of success from it too. So now I just want to share that with other technicians so they can find financial freedom in this industry. And that's a key word, right? Financial freedom. A lot of guys, and it might be guys or girls that are listening to this, and you know, even girls that want to get into the industry. uh, You know, a lot of people think it's oh, just a technician, or he just makes you know, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, and they go home, they got a dirty job, and it's tiring. When there's a whole other side of it, when you're willing to put the time, energy, and effort into to learning something, and and actually believing in helping a customer and, and helping up their life, right? Just because they have an air conditioner now doesn't mean there's not a reason that they can upgrade something in their system to make their life and their home and their family better. Um, so, we'll circle back around. So you've been in sales since 18, right? So you're in the car car sales business. 
Um, I've never done car sales. It seems like it'd be kind of fun. I mean, most of the time I feel like if I'm going to a dealership, I'm going to buy something. So I feel like it can't be that hard of a sale, but maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, especially nowadays. <laughs> but anyways, everyone's like, I'm a car salesman. I'm like, come over and sell air conditioning in freaking 70 degree weather. And it's a whole different ball game. Right. So right. what the heck made you leave, you know, the nice comfy confines of air conditioning over at a car lot, you know, you're probably sitting around waiting for people to come in to now I'm crawling through attics and, <laughs> and speaking to people in their house. And they, most people don't even want you there. Cause they, I always tell people that like, when we come in, they think we're like cancer, right? Their, their house is their body. Right. And they think we're like cancer. They want us to fuck out. Like, right. why would you go from, hey, I'm happy buying a new car to, hey, now I'm the hated air conditioning person that's got to come sell me shit in hot, hot, hot heat. So let's talk about that a little bit. It's a good point because that's how I saw it, too. When I was introduced with the idea to join HVAC from a great friend of mine, Devin Harrison, you know him. Yeah. Um, he recruited me from the car business and, and looked at my pay plan, basically. And I was a top producer, you know, at one of the biggest dealerships in the world. And he could not believe what I was making there, it was like robbery um, because it's a big business, you know? And the culture was absolutely terrible. I'm not a very em emotional person. They'd make me cry with how just terrible they were every single day. Um, so those are a couple of the things. And car sales is tough, man. And like, I thought I really had it good. Being in there, I was like, man, I'm on top of the world. I'm like 19 years old, making 100 grand a year. You know, I'm on top of the world. But I was working from 7 a.m. to 10 or 11 p.m. and I had no life. And I, but I wore a suit every day, so I thought that everything was great. And then I went on an interview um, with with my old boss to join HVAC, and he really just showed me the difference in the pay plan. Hey, if you did what you did in the car business and what that would look like in HVAC, you would double your income here in the first year and we'll give you the exact training and tools that you need to do that. They didn't say, hey, just produce. They gave me the training and tools that I needed to produce and everything they told me is 100% true. Um, but frankly, I... But they I, did let you know the hours are still long though. So. Yeah, I'm, I didn't mind that. I'm, I'm a worker. I yeah. love working long hours, you know? So, in my whole family's in the trades. Like, I have female pipe fitters in my family, iron workers, HVAC uh, business owners. So, to me, it wasn't that far off from something that I was used to, to be fair. So, I don't blame the girls that don't take a look at the trades. Like, it, they don't see it as a possibility or something that's cool, which the cool thing about you is I feel like something I respect the most about you is you made HVAC cool. Yeah. And that's really, really important in marketing it to young people and letting them know like these are, I mean, these guys are cool. These guys are making money. They're free. They're buying houses in California, which is unheard of. Yes. And that's the most important thing to do to bring new people in the industry so it doesn't die out and, and it's not forgotten. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, I take a lot of pride in is like, dude, I, you got to make the trade sexy again. And like, that was one thing when I first did my first event, like that was our, our slogan. I think it was, I don't remember what it was, but it was like, we're talking about making the trade sexy again. It's like, dude, we're not, it's not your grandpa's trades anymore, right? It's not some, you know, over overweight old guy on the stage talking and fucking barely can speak over his belly freaking talking all this crap like <laughs> yeah. these guys these are young guys that are 30 years old multi multi-millionaires because they they got into the trades and we've been able to take over the industry very fast because we're well able to start thinking differently instead of thinking hey i want to do this for 30 years we're like hey how do we do this for five years and become rich as shit 
And I think that's a lot. That's what attracted a lot of people to like, dude, what the hell you been? I've been in the industry just got eight years and you go from eight years from I was driving a 92 Honda Accord, like literally rain splattering my face on the way to the fucking interview with the, my window was broken. And to, to eight years later, and I'm 34 years old, I exited my business. Now I have multiple businesses all over the country. But these are the things that are possible that most people never thought about before. I think a lot of social media has done that too. So I think social media has allowed right. for that. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well. So, so back then, so you're in a car, you're at a car dealership, some random dude, I don't know how you know Devin, but friend of yours brings you over and this, did you go work for uh, Dylan, right? Yeah. Dylan Rucker. So Dylan, you know, friend of mine, what's up Dylan, you probably listen to this. Uh, so you go to work at Dylan with Dylan. He says, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to be a comfort advisor. Uh, what was the initial training like? Because I think a lot of people like they want to bring a comfort advisor in their business, but I feel like they all they ever do is like, well, here you go, go to, here's the lead, go to the house and try to sell it, make a friend. What was the process like getting into it? How much training did you do? How long did it take? Uh, because I think a lot of people think they they, they rush their employees almost too fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to be, uh, I'll be frank, like. One, I think that HVAC salesperson might be one of the easiest people to bring from outside into the field because they're not a technician. They do, do need to know like the general scope on how to do the job right, but they're not going up and fixing the system. Yeah. So it's a really good recruiting process for something like that. Um, and there's a lot of success in that. And that's what I do now. I bring people from other industries in as HVAC salespeople because it's fun. They could easily be multi-million dollar salespeople. So the training was like, first it was on, it was funny, it was on the computer and it's like this training course. <laughs> And I'm like bleeding out of my ears. Like it, it was, it was torture, was and I was terrified. I thought like, oh, I'm gonna fuck this up. Was it practice? I don't even know. Yeah, I remember that. Anyways. It was just boring. It was just graphs and tests, and and I, I was like starting to get really freaked out. And I'm a pretty cocky, confident person, and I'm like, I don't think I could do this. But as soon as I got out in the field, and they, he had me put my hands on the box, right? Yeah. And read the label and kind of take everything apart and go up to the duct work. And when I got in the field, honestly, after three appointments, I could run a call. Yeah. You it, know, it's, it, it was common sense after that. So it's funny, weeks of going through that online training, I didn't know shit. I couldn't explain anything to you. A couple days in the field with practi practical hands-on experience, then I was ready to run a call. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think it, well, keep in mind, common sense isn't common. So I don't think that everybody can do it. <laughs> That's I, true. I've seen a lot. I, did, I, I remember I was on a ride. I had a ride along with this guy, and, and it was he was. I was training to be a comfort advisor. His name was Jeffrey Canoni, and I don't know if you'll listen to this or what the hell Jeffrey Canoni is doing nowadays. But we're on this call, and I get up in the attic, and we go up there to go check the ductwork, and and Jeffrey's going up there, and I'm I'm in the attic. All of a sudden, I'm in the attic. Jeffrey's coming behind me. Next thing you know, he falls through the drywall, and he's hanging on there. He's hanging on the he's hanging on by a two by four, and he's like. He's like, uh, he says, hey, uh, did you guys know you have asbestos up here? And I'm like, dude, you're trying to fucking sell them while you're hanging from a fucking two by four in their hallway. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. And they're like, yeah, well, think about it. If you put my hole back in my ceiling, I'm like, God damn it. But yeah, so that, I don't know what happened to Jeffrey Canoni. But I was like, dude, this guy, I call my guy. I was like, this hope guy, he's okay. he ain't going to make it. I hope you're, I hope you're okay, buddy. If you're watching this. I, you know, I still care about you. But uh but yeah, so I mean, it's not always common. So like, the one of the things that you gotta look at, like, I, I'm really big at, you know, George Donaldson who bought my business is really, really big on uh, aptitude tests, right? Like you're taking tests and getting an idea of what kind of person you're dealing with. Yep, took one So he those. makes every single person take a, a predictive index or a culture index, I think it's called, before they come on. And it's kind of crazy. 
he came in and he's like, dude, I tested some of your sales guys and they tested like they should be installers. And, and it was like, we looked at the numbers and we're like, yeah, these guys aren't, you know, these aren't cutting it. Right. And then we were able to find another guy that was, he was actually, our, he was working in our office and he's tested like crazy for like ideal salesperson. Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay, well, we're taking him out and we're going to train this guy. Well, sure enough, now he's going to be one of our top sales guys. Right. And it's just trying to find the right personality. Cause I think more than anything, you got to find the right person. Someone's got drive, someone that's willing to work those extra hours, but also someone that's convincing and someone that's got confidence, right? Because you can't teach. I think I feel like you can't teach confidence. I don't know what your belief is. Yeah, I mean, I guess like you, you put the best technician next to the people person in the trades and who's going to outperform the other? Yeah. It's, it's the people person, you know? It's the person that's emotionally intelligent and confident and can communicate even if they have very little technical knowledge, which I did. You yeah. know, because it's almost like the less you talk about it, the better it is. It's the same in the car business. It's in every sales book in the world that it's just like almost like too, te too techie. Shut no up checky. about the tech. Too, yeah. Too techie, no checkies, what we used to call it. So because a confused buyer, yeah. right? The confused buyer is not going to buy anything. They're not going to pick anything. And, and I think that's one thing that Leland Smith was great at. So obviously he's the one that hired me originally because they would just buy. They would hire people off personality, right? Mm -hmm. If you got personality, I can train the technical. Right, so like you know, you're doing oil changes, right? I was doing oil changes. I mean, I I've, I've had a lot of odd jobs that kind of led to where I'm at now. So like, mm -hmm. I mean, I was a busboy, I was a server, bartender. I've been, uh, I worked in phone sales, so that was an interesting job trying to get people to send me money over the phone without meeting me, and I mm -hmm. did very well at that. Uh, so I've had a lot of odd jobs that kind of led to this, but it's like you know, once they once you can teach, you can't teach the the charisma, you can't teach the communication skills as much. Like you can. You can practice, you can get better. I have some guys that have gotten, like they went from like, dude, I didn't think that guy was gonna be any good, but we trained him and trained him and now he's, he's decent. Right. Now there's decent and then there's like high level sales reps, right? So I think there's a, a lot of guys and a lot of companies make the mistake. They take their, their best selling technician, right? He's a selling tech. And then you're gonna say, okay, now you're gonna go run my, my, uh, my estimates. And those guys fucking flop. They flop miserably because they're so used to having all this time and taking the units apart and being able to use a lot of leverage. Right. Whereas a estimate guy, you're going against five other people that already quoted them and we're more expensive. So they're already freaking, you know, we're going yeah. to battle these guys for the next couple hours. And it's a whole different ball game when you got to battle, you know, battle estimates and you're $15,000 more than somebody for the same type totally. of Totally. Being the most expensive. I'm being the most expensive on the market. And, and like that's what, you know, that's the stuff that I was trained on is like, how do I proceed or communicate value right and a yeah. lot of guys it's hard for them to communicate value and especially as technicians technicians have a hard time communicating because they know every nuance that goes into it so they get too technical in their own head yeah and they get this mental block like i can't believe we're charging 30 grand but they don't understand what goes into making 30 grand totally that makes sense but so now you're a technician or you're a car car sales rep you go into you go into dylan's company he trains you gets in the field and how long was it before you got in the field uh, it was probably like two weeks Two weeks. Two or three weeks, something like that. So two or three weeks, you come from the car car industry, and then you get into the field and you start crushing it. So and I remember talking to uh, Devin, and Devin's like, yeah, we got some chick that's selling like crazy for us. And I'm like, a girl is selling like crazy? What's like, I, you know, obviously I heard about it. I'm like, well, first off, I'm like, how do I hire her? But that's what we do. As sales, as, as business <laughs> owners, we, we're, we're trying, off the record, we're on the record, but we're always trying to, we're always trying to, you know, it's my job. Our job as, right. a, as a business owner is to recruit the best fucking people possible. And you want to find, you want to find as many A players as possible, but didn't recruit her though, just so you know. But I'm like, my first thought is like, okay, we need her. Like back then I was trying to hire everybody that can, if you had a pulse, I wanted you on the team. Right, right, right. Uh, so you want to talk a little bit about that? You got in the industry. What, what was it like the first couple months? Were you able to like take it off pretty quickly? What were the numbers like? 
I feel like the first couple of months were the easiest for me because I knew the least. Yeah. I think that the more that I learned, the more that I really like fucked myself. You know, like the first couple weeks I did Joe Crisera Total Immersion right away. So I had that fresh yeah. in my mind. So I'm selling 115,000 a week. You know what I mean? And like, it just felt effortless because I, I listened and I had a blank slate to yeah. go off of, you know, because I'm like, I don't know anything about you got, this. You haven't been beat up yet. <laughs> I haven't been beat up yet. And then I started to overcomplicate it. And you know, the more I learned about the technical, the more that I would mess up the calls, I would talk too much. I would try to prove how I have technical knowledge because of my insecurities of how I was not a technician sort of thing. So it was like I had this weird adverse effect and it was a lot of ups and downs. Like I struggled and I did well and I struggled and I did well. And it was always, but the, the conclusion, it was always my fault. Like when I was struggling, it was me. It was my mindset. It was my mentality. It's always, wait, wait, well, wait, I don't wait, have the wait, 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 a salesperson that's admitting it's their fault. That's a fucking first. I thought it was all the leads <laughs> and the boss and everybody else's fault. And you're like, that's what I hear all day. Like everybody blames it. And I'm like, so I always do this. Mm -hmm. Every time my salesperson's struggling and they start saying, okay, well, uh, you know, it's the calls and all this. And I said, okay, I'll go through the entire, I'll go through the process. I'm like, hey, did you do this? Did you do this? No, well, no, 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 no. I'm like, okay, so. You fucking went to go cook a fucking cake and you used totally different ingredients in the fucking cake. What's on the cake box and you're expecting to make the same cake. Yep. It ain't making sense. So like I always teach my guys what I call it's the navigational beacon, right? Like there's a fucking line down the middle and you can zig and zag a little bit, but you got to stay on the line, right? right? You're getting back to the line. And I think that's one thing that a lot of guys, they let, they let their employees flounder for too long. That's why we do meetings twice a week. Every Tuesday and Friday, I got to slap you around. Like, Come back in here. We're going to go process again, process again. In summertime, everybody just lets their guys flounder. They're like, oh, I'll bring my sales guys in once a week or once every two weeks. And I'm like, no, dude, that's when you gotta be slapping these dudes around the most. They're working 15 hours a day, they're tired. All yeah. of a sudden, they're, 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 by the end of it, they, yeah, they might sell some stuff. Their average ticket goes down, exactly. right? Their closing percentage is down lower than it's ever been. But we, because they keep selling, they ran six calls, they sold two or sold one. We feel, oh, they sold a job today. No, they burned fucking five calls. Yeah, and an expert doesn't produce based on the circumstances. Like, oh, the economy's up, so my business is doing well. The economy's down, so my business isn't doing well. Like, what kind of victim mentality is dude, that? Dude, if, 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 if we waited on the weather in Southern California, we would go broke. And I tell the motherfuckers, I am the weather, I am the economy, I am yep. the fucking, I'm the, like, I have to create it. Like, I haven't turned my AC on one time this year. We are July fucking, <laughs> July 11th in 2023. I have not turned my AC on one time this year, but we're selling multi-millions of dollars in the same market. So of like course. that's, you know, and that's, it's a mindset thing. Mm -hmm. and, and you have to like, so many times as sales guys, we get in our head like, oh, people aren't buying right now. The economy's down. They're financing this and that. Oh, we're too expensive, dude. Dude, it's never too expensive. It doesn't matter what you charge, you're always too expensive. Yeah, it's Every, called financing. If I tell a customer it's $5,000, <laughs> they're gonna say it's too expensive. If I tell them it's $30,000, they're gonna say it's too expensive. Right. It's never the price. It, it all comes down to your mindset and what your perceived value is. Yeah, so the client is selling the technician instead of the technician selling the client, and then the technician is selling the owner on it's the leads. And the owner, I see this a lot of times, they believe it, so they are sold on the technician's excuses. So that's the issue. They are like, no, yeah, you're right. It is the lead. So I'm trying to, and then they're working for the technician instead of the other way around. So it's just trying to reverse that process where the owner is selling and closing on the technician to do what they need to do. And then the technician is selling the client 
and they, there's the the correct kind of hierarchy that's happening. Yeah, it, it's. It, it, I mean, obviously, a fish rots from the head, right? So a lot of times, you will find that the owner's talking about negative stuff, and then that negative stuff travels on to the sales guy, and then it travels on to the technician, and it travels on throughout the entire business. Like every single day is the best day to, day to sell an air conditioner, and the best day to buy right. an air conditioner, in my opinion. And, and a lot of people are like, "Well, what?" What drove you every day? I said, I woke up every day with a clean slate. And I was telling you before this, every single day when I woke up, I would write down five reasons on why somebody should buy today. I think it, well, maybe it's cloudy outside, maybe it's raining. Perfect. They should buy today because we have a rainy day special. Right. And there's never going to be a better time to buy than right now because I got installers sitting around. And I would write this stuff down before I ever got to a call. So like when someone's like, oh, I'm just going to think about it. Well, I understand you want to think about it, but right now we have this going on or we have this. And, and I understand you want to wait on it, but keep in mind, we're at the end of the month, the promotion ends. And one thing I always tell people to do, and this is a very big key. So I never allow, I, my company has never offered a rebate or a financing at all. I always put it on the manufacturer. Hey, by the way, the manufacturer right now is offering rebates and yes. financing. Yeah. Keep in mind, today's the... Today's the 11th, it ends on the 15th, and it has to be installed by the 15th for, to get that rebate. I'm gonna give it to you off up front, but if it's not installed by the 15th, I can't get the money back from the manufacturer, so I would love to let you wait on it and think about it. But this is one of those things, if you wait on it and think about it, you're gonna miss an opportunity on saving that money. So, you know, it's on you, it's in your court, but if it was me and my family, I like, I like saving money and I don't know about you. So like, I always like, I already have this stuff pre-planned, so when a customer gives me an objection, it's a split second. Right. And I think so many guys, they, they go in and they're just willy-nilly to call mm -hmm. and they, 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 they show up and they think it's just going to happen and all of a sudden they get an objection and they don't fucking practice and all of a sudden they're like, uh, 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 okay, I'll send you a quote. I'm like, fuck you, I don't send you a quote. I might as well drove by and threw a fucking paper airplane in your house. And the fact that you know the objections coming, because you ask any technician, what are your most common objections? They know immediately, but don't know the answer. So you know what's coming and you're not preparing for it. It's like, that's the difference between an amateur and a professional. Like we're talking about, it's like, I feel like that's what we have in common because I was called a natural salesperson yeah. my entire life. And I did rely on that. And I sucked in the car business when I relied on that. I did good enough, good for a girl, but I didn't really, I didn't make top salesperson or anything like that. And Stella, in, until I started like studying it like a craft, like a real career, like a doctor does, like a professional athlete that's naturally athletic sort of thing. And you're yeah. that type of person where you're naturally charismatic, but you're constantly studying and building on your craft at the same time. So it's not an excuse like, oh, Victor's just a natural salesperson. Shreya's is just a natural salesperson. Like people don't see the hours of work and studying that it takes to get to a certain level of communication. And you, see what, you see what you're saying there, right? Is that like literally everyone thinks that you just show up and shit happens, right? Like they don't look at what happens in the dark. What happens when you're alone? What happened? What drives you? What changes you? Like for me, I never shut off, dude. Like when I was, when I wanted to be the best, like I was a, I'm still a relentless motherfucker, but back then, dude, like I wanted every dollar. I wanted to close every job. And when I got off of work every night, I was spending time working on word tracks. I was studying on YouTube. I was studying my product to make sure that there's nobody that's going to come in the house that's better than me. And I always had this belief that if I only have, I only have to battle either two or four people. Most people are going to get three or five bids, okay? And I only got to be better than four motherfuckers. Like, there's not four dudes that are better than me on this planet. And if they don't buy from me, they're making a mistake. And that's how I woke up every day. Like, I had a belief that like, when I would have so much conviction when I talked to the customer that, like, I remember one time the customer said, Bob, tell me all this stuff, and I'm going to think about it. I said, look, you know what? Every time, 
everybody needs to make a mistake once in their life. And I started packing my shit and I started walking out and that customer fucking chased me down. They're like, hey, hey, hey come back. I'm like, right, right. I said, you know what? I'm just trying to save you from making a mistake. And that is all I'm trying to do, ma'am. And I don't care if you go with me or anybody else, but I want to make sure you make a fair decision, a right decision. But I already know that if you don't go with us, you're not going to get the best possible install. And they're just like, okay, let's just get it done. And sales and is a transference of belief, like you say. So it's like if you have that, and you have a real, has to be a real, true, deep conviction, which you can build in your in your own morning while you're driving there. It's all day. You become like relentless, obsessed with it in a way. It really comes across in a very powerful way when you're in front of the client. Well, sales is a like you said, sales is a transfer beliefs from one person to the other, and and I, a lot of people they always ask me, well, what's your What's your number one objection? And be quite frank, and everyone always says, I don't get that many objections. Well, I don't. And this is the same thing that Joe probably teaches and I yeah. teach. It's like, dude, you gotta create a process that answers those objections, right? Like, you know, Jason Walker always says, closing the doors, right? Or whatever along the way. And that's the biggest thing, the key. So like, I, I start almost every estimate and call out the same way. Hey, Shreya, hey, by the way, is this something you guys are trying to get done right away, or is this something you're just kicking the tires on? And either way, it doesn't matter to me. My only question is, as I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out if I can get you, save you, or get you, oh, fuck, if I, I messed it up, but I'm trying to see if I can, if I, or if it's something you're trying to get done right away, I want to see if I can get you those, those discounts and rebates that my, my office told you about. Did they, did they mention that to you? Right. Is it something you're trying to get done right away, or you're just kind of kicking the tires on it? Either right. way, it's no problem. Right. And you're seeing where they're at, getting commitments up yeah. front, handling objections before they throw them at you. It's eight mile. What yeah. did Eminem do? He he said all the stuff he knew the, the guy he was battling. Yeah. He said all the stuff he knew he was gonna say about him. That's what you do at a sales call. You bring up the objections you know they're gonna bring up anyway later, and at the end of the call, when you're coming to a conclusion, they're already handled. If you're getting nine objections at the end of the call, it means you avoided them and you avoided confrontation the entire call, and you didn't get any information from them the entire time. Well, I mean, I always talk about it's like being a ninja in the house, right? Like motherfuckers are like they move around so like so secretly and quietly, and then all of a sudden they get to the table and they just expect to like go up there and fucking. It's like they're swinging at a fucking pinata, right. and it's like you're not gonna win swinging at a pinata with a blindfold on. Like, they're still a stranger. Still they're a stranger. stranger showing them. Uh, prices for thirty thousand dollars. How the, how do you think that people are going to react to that? No. They don't like you. They don't know you. They don't understand you. And you're you're telling them that they're going to pay thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. For this. And the other thing I see all the time is that you know just so you guys know the the first no you get is just a test to see if you have any conviction. So like a lot of guys they they get that first no and they're like okay well I'll send you a quote. I just, well, that's when you're like, you know, Shreya, is there something that I missed on this? Because based on like we, what we talked about, I designed the system specifically for you. You told me you wanted this, this, and this. I'm just really confused on what happened because I thought we built this beautiful system for you and your family, and, and I'm not sure why you don't want to move forward with it because it sounded like you were ready to get this done. You like me and my company, and we're able to turn it back around where most guys are like, they're like, oh, yeah, just send us the estimate. Okay, I'll send, I'll send you the bid, and they're out the door. The first one is just testing if you have conviction in what you're selling, right? right? And then most guys, or they, or they'll start discounting right away. And I'm Ugh, like, and I'm like, I always tell people, I'm like, I'm like, Shrey, I would love to give you a discount, but I don't think it'd be fair to charge you any different than your neighbor, and I don't think you'd be like it if I charge your neighbor less than I charge you. That's cool. I've never heard that. I like that one a lot. Charge you, charge you less than your neighbor. And it's like, it, it is a test. It's like the discounting is my biggest pet peeve because you are, you're failing the test and you're proving oh, that they're right. My job is worth less than I showed you. Yeah. 
That's the worst thing you, you know, could Dude, if someone came do. into my house, they quoted me 20 grand, and then they go down to five grand, which is just a couple objections. I'm like, dude, then like, I don't know what to believe. Like, how far can you go? Yeah. I always tell people, like, this is the same line I always say. I said, I saw, I always, we're not the cheapest, we're not the most expensive. We all are 10 years from now when you need us. And I always have the praying hands at the end. It's not the cheapest, right. I'm not the most expensive. We're, we're somewhere in the middle, but I know we charge exactly what we have to charge to run a five-star business and be in business five years now, from now, or 10 years from now when you need us. Most of my competitors, and keep in mind, Shreya, that in this industry, 95% of people fail within the first five years and 98% the first 10. Right. Do you know why? Why is that? Because they don't charge you enough money up front. Right. They don't understand how to operate a business. Right. And the big thing with us is we understand the numbers. We understand the know. We don't know what it's going to take to be here 10 years from now. Because guess what? The problems aren't going to happen one year, two years, three years from now. They're going to happen five, six, seven years down from, down the road. And when you call us, don't you want to have someone answer the phone? Yes, I do. And I can't guarantee that's going to happen if I go any less. And that's where we're at. And, yeah, uh, and I feel like we have a fair price. Is there, is there any other reason why you wouldn't want to move forward with us? And I just move on. My favorite thing, I just ask for their ID. Can I, can I get your ID? We'll just get the financing started. I just say, I'll say it like fucking five times so they right. give me their ID. Right, and you're connecting the value to the service. That's what I love, is yeah. it's not the parts. It's like, well, this is a two-stage. <laughs> like they, That doesn't mean that much to them. It's really in the service that you provide, and like you said, that you'll be there 10 years down the line. And really, stuff that they don't understand, which is like, um, a warranty. When I learned, Joe taught me like, you know that it's not really warrantied unless they do the maintenance every year. So unless they get a maintenance that matches the warranty, it's like they have no warranty. You could totally see it that way and that's kind of how it works. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So they're thinking they're getting 10 years of warranty from everybody, but yeah. they're not offering 10 years of maintenance. They're not offering long-term maintenance and they're not going to be around by that uh, time yeah, statistically. They're statistically yeah. they won't be around. So it, there's, I mean, obviously there's a, there's a lot of nuance to, to sales and communication. So many guys try to sell off seer rating and all that stuff. I sell off comfort. Yes. Uh, and, and obviously that's, that's my biggest thing I've always sold off because I'm in California, dude. It's a luxury item. Like you don't Beautiful. need a, I don't need an yeah. air conditioner. I'm in Huntington Beach. I would say 50% of the houses here still don't have AC in them, right? Yeah. And my, I had to add AC when I moved into my house. So it's like, dude, if you have a luxury item that are spending $30,000, they, they, they're not buying just off price. They're buying off, off value. They're buying off the company. They want to have trust because, dude, that, there's so many contractors out there I wouldn't even want in my house. Oh, my gosh. Joe just got, like, three estimates for, uh, and the fact that Joe had to get three estimates is ridiculous. Yeah. Me and Joe are, like, if I walk um, into I, a car dealership, I'm buying the car because I'm a premium buyer and don't waste my time. I just want the thing that I want right now. But if somebody like Joe is like that and he has to get three estimates because they couldn't even get him a price on three people, couldn't even give him a price, let alone options. He told him exactly what he wanted, very premium job, and they gave him an economy job that was nothing like what he asked. And he even warned them of who he was before the call. Hey, just so you know, you know, he's not, he's not testing them. I, I, think, to, I think it probably, probably intimidated him a little bit, but you know what I mean? They, they sucked. I yeah. mean, like everybody that went out, they, no communication, no relationship. They couldn't even get him the damn price. Well, the very least. You know what my favorite one is? And this one probably resonates with you is when a sales rep goes out and it's just the wife home. Dude, yeah. I fucking love it, dude. I'm like, leave me alone with the wife. Right, I, right, right. You're fucked. You're that's, gonna buy. That's you way better than dude, just I'm the like, husband. I'm like, you're gonna left, dude, you should have stayed here yourself, big dog. You left me with the wife. I'm selling her fucking everything. Did you know you're getting water filtration? You're getting fucking attic insulation. You're going to get everything today. Emotional. Because, She's but like the promise. The safest. Well, so yeah. many sales reps they come in. They're like, oh, it's just a one legger and the wife. And they're like, when's your husband gonna be home? It's like, dude, no. Like, 
do that. Yeah, they're going to get offended by that. In my too. house, I'm never home. So, like, if you don't treat the wife right, you're not going to get what you want, right? Like, exactly. I'm never home at all. And so many reps still to this day, I'm like, dude, ask yourself, who really makes a decision in your house? Right. Your wife. Your wife makes a decision. So why wouldn't you talk to the person that makes a decision in your house in someone else's house? Because she's going to make the decision. I guarantee you, if three guys come out there, two of them say you got to wait for your husband, and one guy educates the shit out of her, right, and, and shows her and, and takes the time and educates her and goes through the whole process with her, I bet you you're going to win. And so many guys are still losing that. And I don't know if you, if you see that a lot still, but I'm like, I still see this like mochismo thing where they think that the guy has to be there. I'm like, dude, most women can make decisions. It's, it's 2023. It's because, once again, it's, it's a miseducation. Everything comes down to miseducation and not understanding the psychology of how humans and how the world works and how things function. It's just tunnel visioning on, on the box, you know, on the HVAC system and not the people. It will always come down to that. And until you learn that, it's like you're going to work harder, not smarter and not have an opportunity for financial freedom. It's yeah. like you need sales for anything you do in any industry. Even if you're not in sales, you need to understand how to communicate with people and human psychology to get along in this world. And you can see now, like kids on their iPads now, they can't even talk to people. Well, I think it's, it's the, it's become so easy to compete in this in this day and age because so many people don't fucking they just don't know how to communicate. It's, it's made everything so easy. They're I'm like, socially awkward. They're so socially awkward. I'm like, yeah. dude, this is easy. I don't even, I just barely have to try, <laughs> and I get to fucking win. You guys get to sit over there and lose. So like, you know, I think it's you got to get out. You got to get out and get more comfortable. Uh, we could talk sales all day. We could talk that all day. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up, you know, and that's something we've been, you know, obviously going around lately is, is being a woman in the trades, being a woman around men. Um, you know, especially a pretty woman, you're young, you're pretty. How has that been? I mean, how is the, I mean, obviously this, you know, this industry's got some old school guys and we got some, you know, some guys a little, a little respect nowadays, but right. like, how has that been, um, been getting into the trades and how have you been treated? You said you used to cry at the car dealership. You still cry in the trades or what's going no on? No way. That's the big thing is the, the, I think that I have the benefit of a contrast. I have a very strong contrast. I've never been in a female dominated industry. So I only know what it's like to work with men. Um, and in the car industry, I mean, they call me the C word, the B word, like on a daily basis, just trash my character and all my talent on a daily basis. They try to break you down. Um, because they're jealous of, of you outselling somebody that's a veteran in that industry. In the trades, I gotta be honest, unpopular opinion, I have felt very supported. I feel like the benefits have outweighed um, anything else, any negatives, although I've had certain situations. But I think that it, it just comes down to like anything that anyone does, is you're your own person, it's like you have control, remove yourself from the situation and once once again it comes down to communication because yeah. when you when you got to set that motherfucking boundary like right. that's a boundary that's a big that's thing. the big thing because you can't expect it to never happen you're not going to change the world you're not going to change how men act but you can change you're not going to change customers before you get there right yeah but when it happens are you going to be prepared and know how to communicate with them and say hey uh that's not really appropriate. I don't, I don't really communicate that way. So, and you pull them aside, you don't embarrass them. You do it on a private level, you know, to, to embarrass a man is dangerous. I feel. Yeah, that's not a good feeling. On a private level and you let them know, you shake hands with them. This is just the truth and how I've done it. And they never do it again. And then 
lots of people don't do it. There's not a lot of people that will do that with me anymore because they know better. And they know the people I have in my circle. And I don't think they want to risk like those people hey, knowing. Yeah, we already seen like, what happens when you risk it for a little biscuit. You don't disappear, buddy. You're going yeah, to get, you're gonna get canceled. I already told Shreya, I'm like, I ain't getting canceled on this episode. I promise you. <laughs> I'm going to shut the fuck up. I might up. get canceled before you. You never know what you're going to get canceled for. I could get canceled for saying, well, just speak up for yourself. Yeah. You never know. But that's just my opinion. That's my personal experience. Well, you know, and I, I deal with it too. Obviously, Michelle's my business partner, and it's mm -hmm. it's constant. Like, we see some of, the, some of the stuff me and my brother see. Like, these guys are like, they're like catcalling on freaking Zoom calls. I'm like, yeah. what is wrong with you people? Like, and they're like, hey, when are we going to have you one-on-one? -on -one? And like, it's like, dude, it's, it's kind of crazy. And I, I've never been like someone like that that's like, that's just creepy to me. I, I just wouldn't go out of my way to do. Isn't I guess it I, weird to imagine yourself fucking, just talking that way all the time. To... Dude, it's freaking <laughs> weird. Like you know, no, I I'm not perfect, right? But I'm like also I just never been like an awkward person. Like I'm not gonna make someone feel awkward. Like you can tell. Like I don't know. It's just freaking she's awkward. Trying to but, do her job, man. But I'm just <laughs> telling you, like you know, if you guys are if you guys are listening to this, like dude, like grow up, dude. It's 2023. Like this isn't 1960s anymore. Women have a say. Women are gonna be a badass part of the industry. We need more women in the industry. I know that Michelle's got her nonprofit. Uh, E3 that she's working on to bring more women into the trades, and, and that's something that we're really excited about and promoting at the event as well. But we just, like I said, I think we just have to embrace it, and I think the more people that we embrace and the more more people that come into the industry are better, and I think the, the trades need women. I think some of the, some of my, almost all my businesses are ran by women, or, or hard, I would say a big part of my businesses have always been women, women running it. So I'm kind of like, Y'all don't know, like I'm kind of special. Like I'm, I got ADHD, like a motherfucker. Like Nobody I can barely, I can barely, sure. I can barely stay. Yeah, you guys can see I can barely sit still. But like, dude, I would be a mess. With like, I got my brother, but also like the women that are around me that you know fill in a lot of the gaps and stuff that I could never do. And so I'm grateful for all the women that have been around me. I've been lucky. Um, but yeah, so if you guys are, just just have some respect, man. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. And, and when you guys meet Shreya, you meet Michelle, you meet these girls, just respect them. Like these, they work their ass off to get where they're at, right? I know Michelle, like, she works her ass off to become a badass business coach and learn and become very knowledgeable. And she's very, she's more knowledgeable than I, have, I probably will ever be. Same thing with Shreya. She's probably more knowledgeable than most of you guys would be in sales. So don't be intimidated. But, yeah, just have a little bit of respect. For sure. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, just don't make me pull you aside, you know? Yeah. Now I know what you're pulling people aside for. I'm like, yeah, what's yeah. she doing over in the corner? She's like, <laughs> you're going to wonder every time. Slap them around. So you've been in the industry for a couple of years now. You're working with Uncle Joe. Um, you want to talk a little bit about that? I mean, obviously he's the OG, right? Like, you know, he's got a lot of respect in the industry. He's been around. He's been around the block. He tries to do his best to, you know, to stay on the sidelines. I think on a lot of stuff, like be smart about it. And he, he's 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 one of the guys that will listen before he talks. Where most people nowadays they talk yes. before they listen. Uh, what has been what's it been like working with Joe and working with Service MVP? Yeah, well, Joe is like one of the biggest mentors in my life, really. He's like, he's really like a father to me. So I feel, I feel yeah, really. Yeah, uncle, he's uncle. He's uncle to us. He's a he's father. Un, he's daddy, father he's to me. Father to you. That's not funny. daddy. Yeah. Father. Whoa. <laughs> Fuck! I got canceled. I got, that. I got fucking canceled. You got canceled. We got it. Sorry, guys, Joe. I got see? canceled. You got me. You've been fucking. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucked. Yeah, he's like, you know, he's like a father figure. He's just, um, he, he's perfect. We're like a perfect father-daughter combo because we're both uh, really obsessive about these processes and psychology and we nerd out over this stuff and we never get sick of it ever you know so he's just the perfect uh, person that I could grow with you know and see a future with and I um, I'm extremely loyal to him and I just really believe that um, all I know is what I experience in the field 
and loving my job in the trades, doing, I mean, doing labor work, like sliding off the roof because it's icy, it's 165 degrees in the attic, and I went home happy, not just because I made money, because the way he teaches it is I learned how to connect with people in a real way that I actually needed to be taught, and I don't, I don't have that naturally. To yeah. be honest, I, I, I maybe am a little like closed off and a little bit cold naturally. It really like changed my life and opened me up and um, just introduced me to all these people. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited for what we're going to do. I just want to really share what I've learned with as many people as possible because, you know, it's like it's like crack when when <laughs> when you see like a little technician become this like multi-million dollar dude dude i got I, like i got a guy who went from food stamps to hundreds of thousands a year right and, like it's like what that's like that's the joy in my in my life i guess text right now from a technician new technician he just had his best day ever do you train him or i train him boom he just sold a twenty-five thousand dollar job so like that kind of stuff messages a day and some I have some people who are like I never met them or even interacted with them they're right. like hey I watched your training videos two years ago and it changed my life somebody texted me the other day I'm like dude that's freaking badass so I think that's kind of one of the things that we don't think about so the other way you're giving back to the trades right you want to talk a little bit about your podcast and, and what's going on with that sure sure how this happened I met Mandeep at your event actually yeah I, um, I think proper rocket just brings people together you know? so what's kind of crazy I feel like I'm the only event where it's like I just bring everybody in like I, I think it's the yeah. most open event I think it's like it dude, we have I don't I bring competitors in I bring people in like I just I just want everybody to have fun so I think it's kind of funny that like some people are like I met at proper rocket and it's like right and I appreciate that because like, yeah, when I went to, I've probably made so m multiple relationships that I feel like are going to last a lifetime and have completely changed my business by just attending that event. And whether it's during the speaker or after hours, hanging out at the bar, like no matter what the situation is, uh, you're around like-minded people that want to get better. And that's a very valuable thing, especially when it's like a thousand people that are like that. There's something yeah. very special about bringing people together like that. And the reason really why we started it is because I'm on Zoom calls all day and I have such a privileged life. <laughs> I get to talk to um, entrepreneurs that are just obsessed with getting better all day long. And it gives me so much energy. I just feel so lucky. There are people that I like look up to that I get to have one to two hour conversations with as my job. You know, so I really have no excuse to not be successful, by the way. That's like me putting it on record for myself. Um, but the reason is because while I'm on those private meetings, it's exactly like a podcast. And I was telling Mandeep about this, and we're like, I kind of feel selfish for the kind of information that I'm getting on these private meetings. I feel like I should just record it and like release it because the kind of shit that I hear on these meetings that people are very willing to share because they're confident in themselves and they're not thinking about is everybody going to steal my stuff yeah. um, is super valuable. So that was really, it was like a 2 a.m. Vegas conversation turned podcast sort of thing. <laughs> oh, and the podcast, if someone wants to listen to it, what's it called? Born for the Trades, a home service podcast. And that's on Spotify, Apple, everywhere, YouTube. 
Yeah, all the all the sources. All the sources. So you guys yeah. got to go check it out. And you know, Mandeep's a you know you know good guy as well. I mean, yeah. I, I haven't I actually haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast yet because I got ADHD and I barely listen to anything but myself talk half the time. But no, I mean, obviously, what you're doing is, is awesome, and you know, we see it from the outside. And, and there's you know, there's a level of respect that I have for people that are hustling, and I think that um, you know, there's there's a lot of good people in the industry, and I think that you know, obviously Profit Rocket and our goal is to bring people together. If you haven't got your tickets yet, it's probably going to be sold out by the time this podcast drops. But it's September 27th through 29th in Austin, Texas. Uh, come out. It's going to be badass. We're expecting about 2,000 contractors out there. We have everything from call center training, sales training, management training, uh, operations, business, uh, how, to, how to grow a business in a small market, how to grow a business in a big market, how to market your business, like everything you're going to need from there, and a bunch of motivation, too. So if you want to look in there, you want to just get a kick in the ass. It's a good event for anything. It doesn't matter if you're in HVAC, plumbing, electrical roofing doesn't matter what it is there's going to be something you guys can get out of the event um but shreya i'm excited to have you there i'm excited to have uncle joe there speaking as well so um also i just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast taking some time out of your busy day is there any other words you want to leave for anybody no i just really appreciate you having me on i respect you so much so i used to listen to you and and you know keep up with what you're doing in my my little truck sort of thing so this is kind of like a paradigm shift for me so thanks for uh, having me on. I appreciate it. Cool. Well, thank you guys for tuning into the Profit Rocket podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. As always, I'm going to bring you on another guest next week that's going to help you, your business, your life get better. And that's what our number one goal with this podcast is. I do this for you guys for free. My only ask is that you invite some other people, share this podcast, share it on YouTube, share it on Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you guys can share it, bring some more people in. The more people that can jump in here, the more people that can get better, the more we can raise this industry up. So Thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next week.